Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castro, here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall, and we got a show for you today. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Adam, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How was your Labor Day weekend? Wonderful. Never better. Hey, Adam. Yes, Bird. It's week one. Are you ready for some football? It is week one, motherfuckers. Let's go. Love it. We've made it. We have made it this far through terrible Super Bowl, through a dreaded offseason. That wasn't that bad. COVID. The Super Bowl wasn't that. The Super Bowl was good. No preseason. Yeah. Through doubts about training camp and whether a season was going to happen. We've made it. We have made it this far. And the best part of all, best part of all, we are closing in on exactly one month until Mercury goes into retrograde. One month. That might be the best part of all, is that we are almost one month away from Mercury going into retrograde. And Thursday, we start the season. That's right. We will talk about Holy Hannah. Holy Hannah. I can't believe we made it. Yep. Well, I can't, I, I can't believe you made it. I, I, don't, say, I never thought yeah. we would get here. I'll say this. I'm very excited about this, about week one. Not only that, but I'm excited about the, the news that we, that we get to talk about. Basically, every player decided that now was going to be the time to sign their massive extensions, and that's very exciting for us because it gives us stuff to talk about. I think it's a way for teams to get some positive vibes around the squad and what the team could potentially be doing this season by the Cardinals going and signing DeAndre Hopkins to a shiny new contract, the Texans going and signing Deshaun Watson and saying, ooh, we have our guy for the next four years. Whoop-a-dee-doo-dah. And then the season starts, and then people will be reminded that, oh, wait, no, we're not where we want to be. But continue, please. Yes, so we have that. We have the uh, biggest stories coming from the teams trimming down their roster to 53 players ahead of week one, starting off with Thursday night's showdown with the uh, Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. And also, the very important thing that we have is that later in the show, we have a special guest, Mr. Jake Simone from the Jets Way podcast, who you will will recognize from uh, the Quizitational, among other things. Uh, you know, he was on, we had him on when we did the uh, We'll Probably Radio Fantasy show. So we did. It's, uh, it'll be really nice to see him, uh, to talk to him again. Uh, where we'll be talking about bold predictions heading into the 2020 NFL season. Yeah, we'll be ripping off some bold predictions. And I have some, I have some good ones. I have some good ones that are just ready to go. I'm pretty excited for that. So and then, of course, we'll be talking about week one. Yes, but that's, that's before. We're just having Jake on here for the, uh, for the bold predictions. But before even all of that, we'll, let's go over the NFL transactions. So can, I'll, I'll clarify. I'll clarify. Yes. We're doing news and notes that we're doing. Week one preview. Well, Thursday night preview, I should say. Week one preview will be coming on Friday. And then once we get done with the week one preview – then you will hear from us with Jake talking about our fantasy bold predictions for 2020. Yes. All right. So See, now I'm a man of the people, Adam. Yes. I'm a man of the people who needs to, to clarify. Now that that's all settled, all the, uh, 
all the administrative work is out of the way, we can talk about these humongous contracts that have been doled out like candy to the star players in the NFL. Yeah, I could say that. So first of all, we, there are about six major um, players that signed contracts, and then there are a few that are in progress. So we have Kareem Hunt signing a two-year $13 million extension with the Cleveland Browns. DeAndre Hopkins signing a two-year $54 million and a half, $54.5 million contract extension with the Cardinals. Cameron Hayward signing a four-year $65.6 million contract extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tredavious White signing a four-year $69 million contract extension with the Buffalo Bills. Nice. Deshaun Watson signing a four-year $156 million contract extension with Houston. And lastly, Keenan Allen signing a four-year $80.1 million contract with the Los Angeles Chargers. So which one of these contracts do you think is the most significant out of these six? Uh, Deshaun Watson, probably re-signing with, uh, with Houston. I think that that is definitely a foundation setter in terms of what the franchise is trying to do, obviously, in, in trying to contend for potentially you know a Super Bowl within the next four years with Deshaun Watson being their quarterback. And this is a good place to start in terms of getting your guy locked in for the next four years. And, I mean, I'm looking at this from a Cowboys perspective as well because that's just what I do. I have my Cowboys lenses on all the time. And I say to myself, you know, this probably locks in that Dak Prescott is going to be getting in the range of around $39, $40 million for his contract when that time does come. And uh, Jerry Jones fucked up in terms of waiting as long as he did, because now, oof, well, now that boy Dak is about to get paid. The, that's the thing about this, about quarterback market in general, and like just how free agency works now, is that the longer you wait, the market's only going to get, the, number, the market's only going to get reset so many times, and you're only going to have to pay your players more. I mean, I'm just like anxious looking at, uh, you know, a couple years down the road when we have to give uh, Sam Darnold potentially a contract of this size and if he's even worth it. It's going to say you have to wait to find out whether he's worth it first. But if he, if he, you know, if he breaks out either this year or next year and he deems himself worthy of this contract, then Joe Douglas is going to be, he's going to have a job on his hands trying to, uh, you know, trying to finagle his way around the salary cap. But I mean, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, Deshaun Watson because this is this is a very deserving contract yes. for uh, Deshaun Watson for a player who is the best player on the Texans. Yeah, yeah. And did you see the uh, the video that uh, they released in the middle of this press conference where they had his family in on uh, on Zoom? I did see that. It was really oh, nice. That was awesome. That was awesome. Good good job there by the uh, by the Texans there. I'm sure they invite, you know, when they have those invet, the those like announcements of uh, contract extensions or free agent signings, I'm sure they have the family in the audience at the press conference or something when, you know, when they either hold yeah, the I'm jersey sure. up. Yeah. So it's nice to have that uh, happen, especially, you know, in a different time because everybody's yeah, that doing was a, everything over yep. Zoom now. I agree with you. That was a, uh, that was a really nice touch. But uh, I mean, this is not for fantasy, but I think the other most important thing 
the the other most important like contract here is like is Tre'Davious White signing his contract in Buffalo? Yeah, just because this is a guy who is one of the best corners in the league. Probably, I mean, the AFC East has is probably the best cornerback division in the in football. You have Stephon Gilmore, Tre'Davious White, Xavier Howard, and Bryce and Byron Jones. Yeah, and the Jets have nothing, but um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brian Poole is very good, though, but he's not, he's not at that level. Thank you very much. I was about to say. Woo. Woo. But, the, I mean, this, this is a deal that had to be done yeah. to, uh, to keep Tredavious White there, a nice young player. And I think they, you know, they, the Bills didn't want to make it the Stephon Gilmore mistake that they did last time where they let him go in free agency and he signed with a division rival. Uh, yeah, probably not. I mean, but Jadavius White, I mean, he's just, he's, he's a stud. And Buffalo knew that what they have in that defense, they had to just try and keep together. And he's arguably the most important piece of that defense that they have in, uh, in Buffalo. So uh, good, for, good for Buffalo for, uh, for getting this done because he's, he is a stud. And I remember that 2017 draft really, really well considering he was one pick ahead of the Cowboys who probably could have taken him. And they ended up taking uh, Taco Charlton instead. And Well, that worked out. Yeah, look at how that worked out. But good good for Tredavious White. Good for, good for the Bills for getting this done. And I think it's a deal that, again, is going to work out well for both parties. Because, yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I mean, you look at the AFC East. They're shut down corners everywhere. And the Bills are going to need – their shutdown guy to be really, really good this year. Yep. And then the the two, I think the one interesting one is something that happened a couple of minutes before we went on air is Kareem Hunt signing his two-year extension. And Very that, interesting. That really is one of those things where I guess it's a, it's going to be more of a timeshare than we thought in, uh, in Cleveland if he's going to be there for two years, if Kareem Hunt's going to be there for two years with Nick Chubb. How does this yeah. affect Nick Chubb's rankings and Kareem Hunt's rankings for you? Well, it, it stays the same because I obviously had ranked Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as if they were going to be on the same team together anyway. But I think what really has a huge impact is anybody that has Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt in Keeper or in Dynasty. You know, if you were expecting Nick Chubb to be the guy next year in Cleveland, if Kareem Hunt moved on, you were expecting – Kareem Hunt to be the guy somewhere else. Now you're looking at both and you're just kind of saying, well, I'm going to have to be stuck with this heap of shit for as long as I can, or you're trying to trade either one for less value because I think everyone right now is just kind of saying to themselves, you know, Kareem Hunt could be a number one back somewhere else. I think we, we both agree on that. So I don't know why he would go and cash in right now unless he knew that the market for him was not going to be that great, which is entirely possible that he knew given his, his track record. And we've talked about it so many times in this podcast, if teams were not willing to go and pay Kareem hunt, then he must've known. And he probably just said, you know what? I'll take my six and a half million dollars that I'm going to make. Um, after this season on an average annual basis from the Browns 
and I'll be here for the next for the next three years. So he got paid. Yeah, it's true. I mean, before Kareem Hunt was being, you know, a fucking idiot, fucking terrible person, he was on pace to be uh, one of the better running backs in the league. So I think that there are some places that could have signed him in the offseason, but, you know, it's hard to predict the future with that sort of thing. And at the running back position, betting on yourself is becoming an even more lopsided bet because teams treat running backs kind of not as well as they treat other positions. Let me put it, I'll put it that way. Running back is becoming a position of luxury. Yes. Quite frankly. And, and this is a passing league. So at the end of the day, it, it's going to revolve around the quarterbacks. The sun rises, yeah. the sun sets on, on the quarterbacks. So, Yeah. And uh, the last thing I think I want to talk about here. Well, actually, you know, before I go into, into this, let's talk about the uh, two contracts that are potentially in progress. And that is uh, Alvin Kamara, who we talked about last week, yep. where he was allegedly hold, holding out and maybe he's not holding out, but they're working on a deal. And then Aaron Jones working on a deal in Green Bay, which is actually a very interesting development because it looked like, you know, looking at the draft, it looked like Aaron Jones was almost trying to be phased out in Green Bay or just having his role be diminished. I don't want to go too crazy and say that he was being phased out. I think that, Lighten the load is, is what I would say. Yeah. Lighten the load. Um, the Alvin Kamara one is not a surprise. Again, I was on this podcast last week, and we talked about this in full, that the deal would get done for Alvin Kamara. The deal is extremely close to being done, and I've been told that it's going to get done within the next couple of days, that Alvin Kamara will sign his long-term deal. It'll be in the range of around $14, 15000000 million is what I've heard. As for Aaron Jones, this is an interesting one because, again, Adam, you, you hit the nail on the head. You go out and you spend a second-round pick on a running back, A.J. Dillon, a very good one. You don't give Aaron Rodgers any more receivers, and then you're going to go sign Aaron Jones to presumably a long-term contract. It, it, it is an interesting one. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying that Aaron Jones is a terrible player. He's not. He's a... I would say he's a very good running back. I wouldn't say he's like a great running back or an elite running back. He's a very good running back, no, no doubt about it. But it just makes the decision to go and draft A.J. Dillon more and more interesting as you look and, say, and see what the Packers are doing. Yeah. But the Packers are wanting to lock down Aaron Jones, yet you have A.J. Dillon. So are they saying that Jamal Williams doesn't have a role anymore? Are they yeah. saying that A.J. Dillon is the new Jamal Williams? Are they saying that that now it's going to be Aaron Jones is the guy and A.J. Dillon is going to be another piece in that backfield? I don't know. I don't. It, it, it is a curious one for me, for sure, given the activity of the Packers and what they've done this offseason and what they haven't done which is get yes. Aaron Rodgers more weapons, which they had to do, and they did not do it. Well, you know what they say, T silence is deafening. Yes, it absolutely is. And this is one of those things where you got, if you're Aaron Jones, you're like, you got to be getting mixed signals from Green Bay. Well, now he's not. Yeah, 
Now well, he's not. Now he's now he's on top of the world. He's gonna he's gonna get paid. It's true, but I mean that too. And I think if you're Jamal Williams, you're like, what? So what? What's going on? What do you What do you want me to do here? You drafted it. I mean, they they spent a second round pick on a position that they have surplus in in running back, and they don't draft a receiver in a loaded receiver draft, probably the most loaded receiver draft in in a decade or two decades, and you're just going to sign Aaron Jones to a massive extension? Like, what the heck? What the heck's going on? Like, what year do they think it is? It's, it just doesn't make any sense. It's kind of mind-boggling try and find a rationale for this. Let's talk about Adrian. Well, you know, let's talk about Adrian Peterson then. You know, we're on, that, we're on this running back train here. And speaking of a running back train, there is definitely a running back train going on in Detroit. And he is now signed with the Detroit Lions, Adrian Peterson has, after he was cut by the Washington football team. And uh, in a corresponding move, Bo Scarborough has been moved to the IR. So what the hell is going on in Detroit? I speak for, for many in the NFL, many fantasy owners, in saying, what the fuck is going on in Detroit? Bird looks like he's about to break down crying. I don't get it. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no fucking sense. When you have the three only starting thing caliber that- running backs... You have no starting caliber running backs. Like the only thing that I can possibly think of is that DeAndre Swift is not going to be ready to go week one. That's the only possible thing that I can think of. Because now what are you going to do? You have Adrian Peterson toting the rock 140 times. Is he your number one running back now? You're just going to say, okay, carry on is useless. DeAndre Swift, when he's healthy, will get the opportunity. But for now, it's going to be Adrian Peterson. Like, it makes no sense to me. I guess, and, and I guess this is the part where you ask me what the fuck goes on in my rankings. Yeah, what the fuck goes on in your rankings? What the fuck is Bob Quinn doing? <sighs> Bob Quinn's just like, you know those, those two running backs that we just drafted in the past two drafts with like pretty high picks? How about fuck them? How about fuck them? Yeah, exactly. Um, I can tell you what I did in my rankings. Um, I do not have a Lions running back inside my top 40. That's how bad it is. I dropped, I dropped Carrion down to 41. I dropped DeAndre Swift down to 45. And Adrian Peterson is at 53. I knew we should have drafted this weekend instead of last weekend. I mean, God, God, what the fuck are they doing? It's true. Like, maybe you can explain this to me, Adam, because you're, you're more of a, an astute observer of certain things as opposed to myself. Somebody would say you're the brains of the podcast. Some, some would say. I have heard that. I would love to hear your sources, please. You're listening to them. <laughs> terrible source Ter- terrible source it's like you're using Wikipedia on a final exam what do the Lions see or, or maybe the real question that I should be asking is what don't they see in carry-on because I think this is a move for carry-on I don't think this is a, a move for DeAndre Swift what don't they see in carry-on that they see in Adrian Peterson because the only thing that I could think of honestly is that Adrian Peterson may be a bit more durable than Carrion Johnson because Carrion Johnson can't stay on the field. And, and yeah. 
I'll admit that. I will admit that 100%. But you're telling me right now at this stage of where both of them are that Adrian Peterson is a better running back than Carryon Johnson is? That's crazy. That is fucking ludicrous. Well, I could go off the deep end of the cynical train here. And go say, ahead. Go, and say go that, ahead. Take me there. And say that this is a move that, that is a PR thing. And say, hey, guys, look, we have Adrian Peterson. Oh, whoop-a-dee-doo. Adrian Peterson's coming back to the NFC North. Whoop-a-dee-doo-dah. Fuck that. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think what you said that Adrian Peterson is more durable than Kerryon Johnson, yes, that is true. But Kerryon Johnson is a better running back than Adrian Peterson. At You're this not stage of, it, of their careers, yes. Yes, not just just to clarify, because some people will hear that and they will be like, "Oh, they're saying that Carryon Johnson is a better running back in their careers than Adrian Peterson." Oh my god! No, no, we're also, not saying that. So let's clarify, because that unless said, unless stated otherwise, everything we say is in the present tense. Yes, everything that we say is is in fact in the present tense. Yes, unless we say. Over their careers or something along those lines, everything is in the present tense. Yes, and we are saying that 23-year-old on Johnson is a better running back than 35-year-old Adrian Peterson at this current juncture. Yes. I'm surprised that we can make that sound like a hot take even though it isn't. Well, some people are going to hear that and they're just going to be like, oh, these guys are smoking crack. No. No, 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 no. They probably think that for other reasons. Well, probably. But probably. when when Mercury goes into retrograde, then then probably. Yeah. Great planet. Great planet. I feel like we're just on Mercury right now. Just this lack of oxygen and this fire that's burning in my heart right now, which like should be Mercury filled poisoning. by the love of Carrion Johnson. This move feels like Mercury poisoning. Adam, how dare you say such a thing? It's just wishing death upon a wonderful planet. No, which is about to be in retrograde. I'm talking about the chemical. Oh, you're talking. You're talking about the chemical. You're talking about the periodic table element of mercury. Ah, okay. I thought you were talking about the planet. No, I. Yeah. You know better. You know better than to talk shit about mercury on this podcast. Very good. Very good. I'm proud of you. This move to uh, Lions running back fantasy owners, Lions fans. This move. Feels like mercury poisoning. I want to get a gauge as to what you think on this. If you had to choose between, well, I'll make this a two part question. Out of the three, who would you like to have the most in PPR? And then who do you think is the guy? to lead the Lions' backfield at the end of the season in fantasy points? Oh, God. Well, I think that I like mm, – this is a tough question. This is a very tough question. The second part, I don't know the answer to. The second part, I'm going back and forth in my head. The first part, I know the answer to. The, the second part, I have no idea. I mean, I, I don't know. For right now, I guess I'd rather have for, – for literally right now, week one, I'd probably rather have like either Carrion Johnson or Adrian Peterson. 
I need an answer on one. For week one, I'd rather have carry on Johnson. Thank you. And then for the end of the season, I mean, it could be any one of the three. I'd probably say like DeAndre Swift, just because Carrion Johnson's probably not going to play 16 games. And it, I'm, I'm going carry. I'm still going carry on Johnson for both. Okay. I'm still going carry on Johnson for both. Again, I'm not in the, I'm not in the business of predicting injuries, but I will say that yeah, an injury to carry on Johnson is definitely very, very, very likely. But if he does play 16 games, which, knock on wood, God willing, um, then carry on Johnson should be the lead guy here. And I well, just I mean, don't, I yeah. don't see a planet where Adrian Peterson is coming in right off the rip and is going to know the full playbook of Daryl Bevel and what he likes to run in Minnesota, in not in Minnesota. He was their uh, offensive coordinator in Minnesota when he was there um, in Detroit. You know, he's got he's got to learn the playbook again. And yeah, I understand that he may know it a little bit, but still, it's going to take some time. I mean, you're bringing a guy in a week before week one. And, you yeah. know, he has to get accustomed to, you know, blocking schemes, getting – he has to introduce himself to Matt Stafford. Yeah. Say, hi, I'm Adrian Peterson. I terrorized you for the uh, beginning part of your career. Nice to meet you. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. And then the last thing of news and notes that we want to talk about before we preview uh, Thursday night's game between the Texans and Chiefs is that DeAndre Baker has been waived by the New York Giants. And he's been waived in connection to that uh, little bit of armed robbery that he had in May, where he and uh, Quentin Dunbar were charged in Florida for armed robbery. Quentin Dunbar was not really, was not arraigned in court. It was only DeAndre Baker that w- that's been facing charges. He's facing 10 years to life in prison. For armed robbery. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is a first-round pick by the Giants, by Dave Gettleman. Obviously, you can't predict that somebody's going to go and commit armed robbery when you draft them. But even on the football field, DeAndre Baker was not a good corner. No, it's just bad character assessment by the Giants, which yes. is very unlike what the Giants do, considering I highly doubt that a bad seed would have slipped through the cracks under – Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Well, he so. did like he did keep Josh Brown on for a bit too long. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I mean, there are there like all teams, there have been a couple bad apples on the Giants. Sure. Sometimes it happens. Town it happens. Yeah. Oversees that. Let's talk about week one. Actually, this is gonna be really Woo! Well, Thursday night. Yes. Well, th- this is week one. This is it. This is the beginning the of week one. The first game of week one. Yes. This is where you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be getting their Super Bowl rings. They're they already nice got them. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to have a, a ceremony. They're going to have a banner ceremony and everything. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's going to be the uh, you know, second Super Bowl championship. And uh, they were the last AFL team to win the Super Bowl. Before the merger, actually, 1970. So it's been it's been a while. Nice little tidbit, Adam. Yeah, it's been it was 50 years since their uh, last Super Bowl before this one. So that's very fun. Anyway, 
And the Houston Texans are uh, one of, are the newest team in the NFL still. They're 18 years old. <laughs> They're now old enough to vote in the uh, in an election year. Shocker. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game. This has the potential to be a laser light show of epic proportions, offensively speaking. I mean, at least one team has the potential to do that. Potentially both. But uh, who do you want to talk about first, Houston or Kansas City? Uh, we'll get the easy one done first. We'll talk about Kansas City. So you starting everybody? <laughs> uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is my number one quarterback. That should be of no surprise to anybody. I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire as a top 12 starting option. I think he'll be just fine there. Tyreek Hill is my number five receiver for the week. And then Travis Kelsey is my number one uh, tight end. But there is interesting news on the Travis Kelsey front, and maybe we should have covered this in news and notes. Uh, maybe we should have. But uh, Travis Kelsey popped up on the early injury report. I don't know if you, uh, if you saw that. Yes, he Adam. is questionable. Yeah, he was, li- he was listed as limited, um, but he is questionable for the game, but odds are that he is going to play the other names on the injury report. It was a knee injury for, for Travis Kelsey, which is not much of a surprise considering he was, uh, he was nursing that during Super Bowl week last year. Um, Derek Nanandi mm-hmm. is limited with an ankle injury, defensive tackle. Uh, Juan Thornhill, their young safety, was a full go in practice. He's, of course, returning from a torn ACL. And then uh, Daryl Williams, Alex Okafor, defensive end, and tight end Deion Yelder uh, were all full participants. So it looks like good news on the injury front for the Kansas City Chiefs, but definitely something to monitor in terms of Travis Kelsey and his overall availability for Thursday. I think the good news, though, is come Thursday night, you should know where you stand with Travis Kelsey. I think he should be fine. You know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not too scared about it considering he is limited in practice. You know, he's out there, he's getting some work in. Um, but if for whatever reason, this injury does take a toll for the worse and Travis Kelsey, for whatever reason, again, is unable to play on Thursday, you at least know that you have the opportunity to go and get another tight end in case you need it. But I think uh, Travis Kelsey will be fine. I, I'm, I'm not too concerned about you know what the availability of Travis Kelsey is going to be but definitely Uh, keep that keep that in the back of your heads I was about to say on the bright side Terry Kill is off the injury report he had a hamstring injury and as we know hamstring injuries are nothing to trifle with soft tissue injuries in general are just not anything to, to mess around with so it's good to see that he's off the injury report and hopefully that doesn't really affect him going in to, uh, into the season. And um, basically, yeah, I agree with you. you got to start everybody, as far as offensively speaking, from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Because this game it has all the looks of being a barn burner on, a, on Thursday night. And, you know, a lot of these games, opening week, Thursday night, have been real blowouts. Either blowouts or they've been, uh, been fireworks shows. Last year was not. No, last year was not. Last year was awful, and I Last think it could, be, it could be the same again. I think everyone expects that this game is going to be so high-scoring and so exciting and, and, and 
you know, with the two teams that are going up against each other. It's a very fair expectation. But also factor in, this is going to be the first live game action that these players have had since, for the Chiefs since February, and for the Texans since January. This is the first live game action that they are going to have. So I would not be surprised one bit if we are on this podcast Monday morning and we're talking about how shitty the games were on a full scale. It wouldn't surprise me one bit that teams, maybe they were out there just trying to get their legs back and we, some of these high-scoring games that we were projecting, like Texans, like the Texans and the Chiefs, like the Bucks and the Saints, for example, aren't as high-scoring as maybe we thought. It wouldn't surprise me. I would bank on it, obviously, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. But I think that it's just it's just very interesting to see. I, I'm just going by the history. I mean, last, sure, last year's sure. game was terrible, but you know. Uh, the game two years ago was re- was a high-scoring adventure. Yep. Um, game three years ago, the Chiefs blew out the Patriots. And, um, yeah, and the, everyone remembers Peyton Manning's seven touchdowns against Baltimore, which was always fun. So, yeah, I, I'm looking – I frankly, as a viewer, as a fan, as a guy who plays fantasy football – I'm hoping that this is going to be an offensive showcase, but I think there's kind of a niggling thought in the back of your mind that is like, yeah, these teams are probably going to be running the ball a fair amount just to try and get their their sea legs. And then maybe in the second half, once they're comfortable with everything, they're going to be like, all right, let's go air it out. Especially if one of these teams is down big early. It's possible. It, it, is, it is no doubt possible. I mean, we're going to see what football is like in 2020. So fucking weird. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird one. All right. So moving on to the Houston Texans, and we have a couple injuries as well. Uh, one one notable one is Brandon Cooks. He's questionable. What's the uh, what are you looking at here for Brandon Cooks? I've heard it's fifty fifty. Honestly, Ooh. that that Brandon Cooks is a real. It's a real concern. Whether or not Brandon Cooks is going to play, I, again, I've heard very 50-50, but he's been out there in practice. He's been limited. And as of right now, from what I've heard, that his availability is very much in question. I believe it's a quad injury, um, if, I, if I remember correctly, uh, that is limiting him. And then you have uh, Philip Gaines with a hamstring injury, Texan corner. Um, and then Lonnie Johnson as well, another corner with a hip injury. So uh, they could be a little bit shorthanded in the secondary for the uh, for the Texans. But other than that, I mean, I'm starting. I'm starting Deshaun Watson, and this is this is the interesting one because I, I mean, I'm I'm curious. The Chiefs. That's easy. That's an easy discussion you have. You're starting all your Chiefs. You know, not a problem. David Johnson. This is, this is an interesting one because I have this debate that I'm having with myself at this moment where I don't know whether or not I want to start David Johnson week one in the opening game. But then again, this is prime time. This is Bill O'Brien's opportunity to show 
why he traded for David Johnson. So, I mean, I could just see so many different outcomes here for David Johnson. I mean, for me, I think I'm starting him, but I'm curious as to what you have to say, Adam, just because I would say if you have another option that is like David Johnson, then you go ahead and start him. But for me, I still think I'm rolling with David Johnson week one over most. If I just pull up my rankings here, I can tell you where I have him. I have David Johnson right now as my RB20. So I'll just give you I'll give you some names. David Johnson or Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram. Interesting. See, I, I said that one because I have the debate. It's between David Johnson or Mark Ingram for me. Ooh. And I don't I don't know who to start. And I have them back to back in my rankings. Johnson 20 and Mark Ingram 21. Uh, David Johnson or Raheem Mostert? David Johnson. I, I would rather have David Johnson as well, even though uh, Mostert is a pretty good matchup against Arizona. Uh, David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell going I, against Buffalo? I'd rather have mm, – this is tough. I'd rather have David Johnson, but it's close. I'd rather have David Johnson as well. Just because Buffalo has Johnson a really well. good rush defense. Yeah, it's, you know in, in my ranks, I have it. David Johnson, 21. Marking him, uh, David Johnson, 20, marking him, 21, Le'Veon Bell, 22. Yeah. Cause I mean, not only, you know, you got the, you got the rush defense in Buffalo, but you don't even know what the fuck Adam Gaze is going to do with Le'Veon Bell. And you know, that's something I want to ask Jake, just like, does he have any idea? Well, we're going to find out. Here's one. Here's an interesting one. I'll give, I'll give one more before I, um, I let you have the floor on, uh, on David Johnson. David Johnson or Todd Gurley? Why are you doing this to me, Bird? If Todd Gurley is going to be healthy week one, I'd rather have Todd Gurley. All signs are pointing to that he's going to be healthy. So, yeah, I'd rather have Todd Gurley. I'd rather have Todd Gurley as well. So I would say he's a, he's a low-end RB2 for week one. If you, have a better, if you have a better option, you start him. David jo- one more, David Johnson or Chris Carson? Chris Carson. I agree. Chris Carson. So go ahead, and the, uh, the floor is yours. So David Johnson, I kind of like your theory. I think that it's kind of like what we were talking about a couple, like a month ago, where we said that John Gruden was so unhappy that Josh Jacobs didn't win a, a, a rookie of the year that he's going to deliberately give him carries. I think Bill O'Brien is coming in here with like an ax to grind against all the people that called him an idiot for trading uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And he said, I'm going to give David Johnson – as many touches as humanly possible until he, until either he breaks or the pundits break. So, (laughs) um, even then I still think that, I don't know. I I do like David Johnson though, in this matchup with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs, just because if Brandon Cooks isn't playing, then David Johnson turns into like the number one or number two uh, passing option in the, in the Texans offense. So that's a, that's a good thing for David Johnson. But if Brandon Cooks plays, then I think you might see less work for, uh, for David Johnson in the passing game. He's still going to get the, he's still going to get runs. And, you know, if the Texans, if it's, if all if the game goes to where people are thinking it's going to go to where the chiefs are going to be up big against Houston and Deshaun Watson's going to have to air it out, then you might see a nice uptick in David Johnson's usage in garbage time. 
or it could be Duke Johnson on the field. And then you have a real problem. Yes. Then you have a real problem on your hands. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a scary one for me because the way that I am is I just try and avoid Thursday nights like the fucking plague. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. But for me, this is just such a good opportunity for Bill O'Brien to just say, you know what? Fuck everybody. And give David Johnson the work right away. So it's going to be interesting. I don't necessarily think that David Johnson is game script dependent, but I would definitely be concerned if, like you said, Adam, like the Chiefs are up big, then I think I would be definitely concerned with what the potential usage of David Johnson would be and yeah. if he is incorporated into the game plan as much. Because the Texans have never been a team to throw to the running backs very often under Bill O'Brien. But then again, they've never had a true pass-catching weapon like they have now with David Johnson. So I don't. I really don't know what to think because, I mean, the situation that, that I'm in is I have David Johnson and Mark Ingram. And I think if there is a week where I'm going to start Mark Ingram where I'm not worried about J.K. Dobbins, who's fourth in the depth chart right now, I think Mark Ingram is a great start. So I would, I would, I'm not too worried about it, right? So – I don't know. This this is this is a really 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 tough one for me, and we'll have to wait and see what I uh, what I end up doing. And we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about it on uh, on Friday when we uh, when we break down the rest of the uh, the week one games. But now we get to talk about these receivers, Adam. Yep. You know, the Christ thing Almighty. Is, I was int- I was looking at it. The over under for this game is fifty four point five. I think I would take the under. I would take the under also. I think I would take the under. Yeah. I think I would I think I would take the under. So uh anyway. That's my my little bit of betting knowledge that I know because I don't really uh do that that often. I'll 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 give I'll give some betting tips to everybody for uh for the end of the show. We'll 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 plug that in before we uh we go to our uh our bold prediction take with uh with Jake Pull prediction take with Jake. Nice, nice, Ryan Lammy. Uh, I'll I'll throw I'll put some uh, some little uh, betting tips in for uh, for Thursday. Why not? For those that are so inclined. So the receiving core for Houston, basically, you know, we talked about Brandon Cooks. That is a 50-50 chance of uh, playing. And really, I mean, you know, it's like we said, we're just not too crazy about this receiving core. I mean, Will Fuller's healthy because it's Week One, but. Uh, for this game to put it in a in a this game sort of uh, mindset, I think you know if Brandon Cooks isn't playing, you you think that Deshaun Watson is going to try and air it out to Will Fuller here. But otherwise, I I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not crazy about the uh, the Houston Texans from a wide receiving standpoint. No, neither am I. I don't have any of the Texans inside my top twenty-four. The highest ranked Texan receiver that I have is Will Fuller, who is uh, slowly climbing up in my rankings a little bit, depending on the health of, of course, Brandon Cooks. And I agree with everything you said, Adam, in the, in the previous segment, that when you were talking about if Brandon Cooks is not there, 
you know, what does it look like for Will Fuller? And the answer, I think, is is that he would be the number one guy in, this, in the passing game for the, the for the Texans. So I have him. I have him right now as my wide receiver thirty. But if Brandon Cooks is out, I think I would put Will Fuller somewhere in my mid to late. I no, I wouldn't say mid. I would say late twenties. So I would probably put him. I would probably put him above Marquise Brown, who I have right now as my wide receiver 29. So it would, it would be between uh, Will Fuller and uh, Marquise Brown. But I think outside of, of Will Fuller, you also have Randall Cobb there, who I think he could also get a bit of an uptick in usage, maybe. But again, I, I, the only receiver that I think I would start here is Will Fuller just because if you have to. I think if you aren't necessarily, you know, if you're not forced into doing it, then I wouldn't start Will Fuller if you have better options. But if you don't have better options and you have to start Will Fuller, I would feel okay about it. I wouldn't say I feel great about it because I don't know I don't know anybody that feels necessarily great week in, week out about starting Will Fuller. Yeah. Well, if you if somebody did say so, then they then they'd be lying, because I, I yeah. I'm not I just no definitely not. We didn't even talk about how you're going to be starting Deshaun Watson in this game either, just because we kind of assumed it was going to be a given at this point. Well, no, I I, I touched on it. I said you're, I said you're starting Deshaun Watson. I think okay, you you, you picked him at a reasonably yeah. high spot, and you're going to start Deshaun Watson week one against the the Chiefs. If you don't feel good about it and you're looking for potential streaming options as guys that you maybe you could start right away, um, maybe you could start Jimmy Garoppolo going up against the Cardinals, uh, Ben Roethlisberger going up against the Giants. Um, let's just see. Some other streaming options. Like Especially if you need a Monday night savior. Big Ben is, could be one of those guys. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Phillip Rivers maybe against the Jaguars. Could be an interesting one. Um, possibly Ryan Tannehill against the Broncos. Possibly. And I don't know if I necessarily love it. But for me, if there's one guy that I would need to stream this week, if you're not comfortable with, let's say, let's say Deshaun Watson against the Chiefs or even Kyler Murray against the 49ers and you just want to stay away from that, Jimmy Garoppolo would be my number one stream for quarterbacks for this week. All right, but we will uh, we will talk about streamers and and everything like that. We'll talk about them on uh, on Friday. Yes, um, and then tight ends. There isn't really much. Um, no, no. no. It, Darren Fells, Jordan Akins should not be on your radar. Okay, and uh, before we go into our segment with Jake, let's talk about uh, some betting tips. You have some betting tips for our wonderful listeners. Yes, yes, I do. So I'm just gonna go take a look here. And what we got, because of course the, the the lines are not set as of yet, so we're pretty much going off of uh, what I think is going to happen. So I would say if the Patrick Mahomes uh, touchdown line, passing touchdown line is over two and a half, is at two and a half, I think I would take the over on that. I would say. The David Johnson touchdown line, if that's sitting at a half, I think I would take the over on that as well. Full game, we're sitting at 54 and a half. I'm taking the under on that as well. 
Um, and I also would say if you're looking at the spread, the G spread right now is at minus eight. So it's about minus 124. So it would be about 13 to win 10. I think I would be comfortable with taking the Chiefs covering against the Texans, but it would not surprise me if the Texans were to cover. So I think, if anything, I'm just not comfortable with going with the spread, especially early on. But, um, you know, pick, choose, choose your poisons. But I think, uh, really, this is a game for me that I'm looking at a lot of player props, and I'm saying, you know, who, who are the guys that can necessarily score and I think can have uh, nice nights. And I think the one, again, the one uh, player prop that I'm really looking at is Patrick Mahomes' uh, passing touchdowns. If that's sitting at two and a half, I'm hammering the over. But if it's if it's three, I would be a bit more cautious in terms of how you would approach that that style of bet. So depending on where you place your bets, uh, wait for that line to come out before going ahead and making a full blown decision on that. But for me, two and a half passing touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes would be a good bet. Uh, three passing touchdowns, I would be a little bit more cautious. All right. So uh, that was really fun. Excited to talk about Thursday Night Football. And right after this little musical transition, we will be back with Jake Simone of the Jets Way podcast. And we will be talking about bold predictions heading into the 2020 NFL fantasy football season. We're back with Jake Simone of the Jets Way podcast. Jake, how you doing? Oh, glad to talk to my two old friends, Adam and Bird. What's going on, boys? Do it, baby. What's going on? Nothing much. I just drafted my teams this weekend. Got a good feeling about this upcoming season. I got some shares, so nothing wrong with shares. So I'm I'm ready to go, man. We haven't had this question in a while, but we usually do a one quick question. So I guess this is where, you know, Adam usually reserves this for me, but then I'll pick up the, uh, the mantle here. Jake, all your drafts put together. Let's just consider all your drafts. Give a grade on average for how you think you've drafted this year. I'd give myself a B plus. Hmm, okay, that's honest. I made, I made some questionable calls, some very, very risky decisions. But, yeah. Who is, who's the one guy? Well, okay. Before we get into the bold predictions, I want one guy that you are thrilled that you have that isn't like one of the obvious ones, like an Alvin Kamara at eight. Yeah, we know you have that. But the one guy that you're thrilled outside of the top two rounds that you have, and then one guy you're not so thrilled that you have that you're a little scared of. Okay. Who I'm thrilled about having. If you had to pick one. I would say – so you're talking like – what? give me a round that I could say that I'm thrilled about I would having. say round four and on. Four and on. In – I don't know if you're going to like this one, though. I'm thrilled. Thrilled. That I have Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be – yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be that dude. I think yeah, I Marlon Mack – is not of the same skill set of Jonathan Taylor. His wrists are made of glass. He's going to get hurt eventually. 
And then I think the signs have been there all year with Jonathan Taylor, all offseason, with Frank Reich saying we're going to ride the hot hands. Who's got a better chance of getting hot? Marlon Mack, who we've seen for two seasons now, and we're very meh. He kind of just looks like a guy to me. And we saw Jonathan Taylor just running through people. The pass catching, I have some questions about, but Jonathan Taylor behind that Colts offensive line, Phillip Rivers, who you can't let him throw the football all over the field. We saw where that got the Chargers last year. So I think – and they didn't draft the kid for, for nothing in the second round. Where right. did they draft him? With the third pick in the second round? Third pick in the second round, yeah. So I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be that guy that went in the fourth round this year that's going to be a first-round pick next year. I don't know if that counts as a bull pick, but I think he's going to be that, – That's bold. Be that kind of no, guy. No, that, that's pretty bold. See, we are – we are on the on the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. We are a very pro Naeem Hines podcast. Mm-hmm. Not me. We're we're big Naeem Hines guys. Yeah. Love him. Nah, like, I wouldn't say love. I would say I would say that I like him a lot. Relative. Relative. I would to... say I would I would say there's the one guy in that backfield that is the most cons- that is has the potential to be the most consistent. It's Naeem Hines. I'm gonna He's go the guy. with the guy they drafted though when the in the second round this year yeah, that was we, the best running back in college football last year and the year before that too. Yeah, but we don't know when Jonathan Taylor is going to arrive. That's I part of the problem. If he shows up week two, then yes, absolutely. But if he's like a Miles Sanders where you're kind of waiting six, seven weeks for him to finally get there and start going, then you're just saying to yourself, well, fuck, my team's one and five. Yeah. Why did I draft him? He's not going to I drafted me. other running backs, so – that's it's not like I'm relying solely on him. I did draft a, a decent amount of backs, so I did draft Marlon Mack too, where I have Jonathan Taylor. Smart. So just in case Very it smart. didn't work out early, and I'm who's covered who, there? Who's the one guy you're not happy that you have round four and on? Round four and on, I'm not happy. I'm not too happy at what I did in tight end. I didn't draft. I I'm usually a big Travis Kelsey, George Kittle guy early in my drafts. This year, no, because I didn't think the running backs were too good this year. So I went with a running back either in the first or second round. And I, I also don't think, yes, receivers deep, but elite receivers, I feel like give you a leg up on all the competition. Those PPR gods that just put up those video game stats, those 30 burgers and all that. I would say tight end, I'm not happy. I drafted Gronk and Jonu Smith as my two tight ends. See, I'm a Jonu Smith guy. Yeah. I think yeah. Jonu Smith has a lot of potential. I'm not a Gronk super. guy. Me neither. But the guy that I'm that I'm most mad about having, I drafted. You guys might feel differently. I don't really care for DJ Chark too much. I drafted him in one of my leagues in the sixth round. I want to say the third pick in the sixth round. Adam, you want to go? Or you want me to take it? I took I'll him over go. Stephon Diggs. Ooh, yeah. Go ahead. I wasn't Adam. happy you, about you, that. You could you could have that one. I'll get, I'll give you my follow up. Okay, uh, we're we're also a pro DJ Chark podcast. As well, you guys like him? <laughs> yeah, man, just like really way to endear yourself to your gracious hosts. Just Welcome to, to the podcast, Jack. Wasn't too happy. Welcome back, Jaguars player. <sighs> it's a, so the thing is, is you know, Bert and I have talked about this like at ad nauseum how the Jaguars are going to be down in a lot of games, and Gardner Minshew is going to be chucking the ball. And now that London Fournette's gone, there's like nobody else for him to throw to. Your right ball Armstead is going to be is on the uh, reserve COVID list, yeah. and um, yeah, DJ Shark is just going to be the guy, and there really isn't much else besides him in the Jaguars. Yeah, on the Jaguars, I like Lavisca Chenault a lot, though. I, I I do too. 
I do too. I was a big fan of his when he uh, when he was in the, the, the whole draft process and everything like that. I was a big Lavisca Chenault guy. All right, maybe do you, maybe I'll try to get a share of him somewhere. See the thing the thing that I think a lot of people are kind of meh about when it comes to like, like you were where it came to DJ Chark was that it's not a sexy sort of pick. No, but you look at what he did last year with Gardner Minshew. G- Gardner Minshew had one line of sight. It was to DJ Chark. That was his first and only read. It was DJ Chark, and that was it. Whereas I think that there's more of an opportunity in an offense that I think is going to be very pass-heavy, like Jacksonville is going to be, because they are going to be complete dog shit, quite frankly. Whereas with Buffalo, I don't really see Stephon Diggs being the out-and-out stud receiver that maybe he was in Minnesota just because of the way that that offense is so set up to be a run-first sort of offense. Yeah, Diggs will get his opportunities for sure, but if I'm looking for a guy that I think is going to be week-to-week super consistent, it's DJ Chark for me. That's why I drafted him. I I think that that was a good choice. Yeah, I I also passed on guys like T.Y. Hilton who never seemed to be healthy. I like Chark more. And, e- and A.J. Green, I was so tempted to take him, but he, every year, it's just something with him. Well, good on you for trusting your gut. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Chark over all those guys, so I, I think you made the right call. That was the only one where I'm like, damn, kind of wish I had that one back. But And Terry, I think, now Terry McLaurin was gone before that. But, again, Washington's offense, like. I'm more of a Chark guy than I am a McLaurin guy. So, I, I think you made the right call. All right, all right. Both, both prediction both time, boys. Yeah, let's, we already gave. I already gave you one, man. But I yeah. got four more for you. First one's free. <laughs> first one for free. First one is free. All, yeah, it's all inclusive here. All right, Adam. Who we who we starting with? Uh, I believe we will be letting our guest go first. Oh boy! All right, here we go. This here's a good. This, this here. man is known for his sizzling takes, so he better not disappoint. All right, you boys might need a seatbelt for this one. Buckle up. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Okay. Kareem Hunt will outscore Nick Chubb this year. <laughs> I said it in PPR formats. Wow. Okay. See, that's interesting because I-, I can give you one of mine, and it's good because I can change this up. I have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both being thousand-yard rushers. Ooh. First then you times. factor in the pa- then you factor in the pass catching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have both of them on my dynasty team, both of them, and I don't know what to do. It's driving me absolutely crazy. Condolences for the news today, by the way. We actually, we actually talked about this oh. just a segment prior. We li- literally talked about this. That anybody who has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in dynasty, best of luck. I'm that it's guy. Like, I, don't know, I don't know what to do. Sophie's choice. Yeah, God. it really is Sophie's choice. I mean, oh, I, my God. But getting back to what I said, though, I think he's going to outscore him because I just think he's better. Is that outrageous to say? No. No. No, and, and that's not saying that Nick Chubb is bad. I think it's more saying exactly. that Kareem Hunt is just really, really good. And so is Nick Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb yeah. was second in the league last year in rushing. So I don't, then, I don't think that Nick Chubb gets phased out by any stretch. But I think that Hunt – Hunt, for me, he is like an RB2 sort of ceiling, whereas Chubb still has that RB1 ceiling, but I just don't know where Nick Chubb's floor is. That's what kind of scares me a little bit. And if either get hurt, you know the other is going to be elite. 
that, that that's exactly it. If something happens to Chubb, Hunt is an RB one. If something happens to Hunt, Chubb is the same guy that we all know and love. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting because you know if uh, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb, or both thousand yard rushes would be the first time since D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart did it a couple of years ago. Not true. Well, really? Running back, running back duo, yes. Yes. Running back duo, yes. But pair of teammates to rush for a thousand yards? Not the case. Ingram and Kamara did that, right? Nope. More Ingram recent and than Jackson. That. Ingram and Jackson last year. Yeah. I thought Ingram and Kamara both had thousand they did. yards. I could they be did. wrong. I be- believe they did. I believe they did too, but more recently, you're right. Ingram and Lamar Jackson. Didn't last year. Last year was the one that, that I thought of right away was Lamar and Ingram were the last two teammates to rush for a thousand yards. But I think in PPR formats, man, just Kareem Hunt, they're already talking about him, how great of a route runner he is. Baker Mayfield, we know, is a very modest – he's very dink and dunk to me. He throws a lot of intermediate short stuff. I just think Kareem Hunt's going to be a safety net. See, I will, I will come on this podcast right now, and I will give credit where credit is due. Jake called Baker Mayfield flaming out in the second year when nobody else did, yeah. given the hype that was around the Cleveland Browns. So I, I, I will give credit where credit is due. I, I actually like Baker this year as a, as a bounce-back guy. Where he's going in drafts, not, not a bad option if for a back He's not going high. He's not going high. He's not getting drafted in some leagues. Yeah, in I, league he wasn't drafted. There was uh, my, keep, my big keeper league. He was drafted in the 16th round. He was drafted around 15 twice for me and then undrafted in one league. Yep. Yeah. I, I have not seen him drafted very much. So, I, but I like that take, though. And you stole one of mine. So, that, that actually helps that I can go and fall back on my other four. But Kareem Hunt outscores Nick Chubb. I like that one. Like well, that. it's like I said this in the previous segment, but if Kareem Hunt wasn't a fucking terrible person, he would be one of the best running backs in the league. Oh, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. If, he kept, if he kept his hands to himself, he would still be the number one running back in Kansas City. And I would have a fantasy championship in the year that he got suspended. Correct. That's Correct. It. As many other people probably <laughs> would as well. Yeah. All right, so, then, Mr. Uh, Castro, let's see what you got. All righty. Uh, I don't think this is going to be as bold per se. Um, mine is also going to be running back centric. Uh, Austin Eckler, we a top five running back in 2020. Ooh. Okay. So I in think PPR the, format? In PPR format. Okay, I was gonna say yeah. non PPR. Non PPR, no way. In PPR, yes. Okay, so I think the real question is if you have Eckler finishing in the top five, who doesn't finish in the top five out of McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Cook? Um mm, I'd say either Kamara or Cook? Based on what? Based on injury history. Also, okay, I was going to say. Shots in the dark. <laughs> I would go with Cook out of that group due to injuries, but the others, they're just so involved in the passing game, man. That is, it's a hard choice to pick who would finish out of the top five. That's very bold. That is but bold. It is. I, I do think that Austin Eckler – you know, we talked about when we talked about not only the running backs, we talked about the uh, the AFC West and their divisional previews. Austin Eckler has that potential to be a, a top five running back in the Chargers offense, and uh, I think that he can he can definitely be one of those guys if things go right for him. It's funny See, my because pick, yeah, okay, you go ahead. 
See, my pick to fall out of the top five would be Cook. I agree with 100% that health is a big question for him. And Saquon Barkley for that same exact reason. That That if Barkley is not healthy, he's not going to be a top five guy. But that's what I think this year is so paramount to any running back finishing anywhere near the top five is going to be health. Like if you miss two games, you're not getting the top five. So I think all Austin Eckler would need to do is really stay on the field for 16 games, get the same amount of usage that he did a year ago when Gordon was still there. And I think this is what people also kind of forget too, was that Austin Eckler is used to being in some sort of a timeshare. So even if it's going to be Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly, that becomes that ground and pound power back for the chargers, Eckler still has, a very, very, very solid floor. And I would say a pretty decent ceiling too. So I don't think top five is bold, but to say Eckler will be good, it will be very good, I should say, is not bold at all. I like yeah. Joshua Kelly. He's one of my deep sleepers. I agree with you. I like him a lot. I'm a big Josh Kelly guy as well. And he impressed them a lot through training camp, they said. I could see him taking on that Melvin Gordon role. Well, I think part of the problem was Josh Kelly impressed them because Josh Kelly was on the field. Yeah. Justin Jackson was not on the field. And, and he's never on the field, I feel like, he's too. He's never on one. the field. Exactly right. He's never on the field. Top five is tough, though. It is tough. Yes. Top it 10, is tough. Top ten, yes. Top ten, I'm fully behind. Top five, though, that's a that's a league company, man. You're going to need an injury, I think. Yes. Well, you and don't want to hope injuries. Need, and you're going to need him to outperform some – some pretty you, big names too, guys like Josh Jacobs, who I know Jake isn't very high on, but but I am. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is everyone's flavor of the month. So, at the end of the day, it's 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 not a it's a bold take. Say top five, no doubt about it. But can guys, he do it? Yes. Let me ask you guys. I feel like Eckler's value will go down once Justin Herbert takes over at quarterback. I don't know why but I feel like teams are going to key in more on the run because you know the Chargers are going to try to establish a run game with Herbert. They're going to try, You know they're going to send the kitchen sink at the kid. I feel like with Tyrod, you kind of have that triple option threat where they have to take into account Tyrod keeping it, whereas with Justin Herbert, he's not – you know what I'm, you get what I'm saying there? I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think agree once with you Herbert I, takes I think... over, I think – I don't know how great Eckler is going to be. I think with Tyrod, it benefits – and Tyrod is another one. He throws a lot of screens, a lot of short stuff. Whereas with Justin Herbert, we don't know what we're getting. And you know right. he's taking over by week, what, eight probably? I would say that the line is probably at like week five. Yeah. Week so that's five as, as to when. you got to keep into account. Right, exactly. And you don't know what kind of offense it's going to be. But, I mean, if anybody's been watching Hard Knocks, I mean, Herbert, Herbert looks okay. There are a couple throws that, that they had shown on, on Hard Knocks where uh, Herbert, he looks impressive. And, and I'll be the first guy, first person to say, I was not a Justin Herbert guy. I don't think that he is anything spectacular. But I'll say that some of the throws that I've seen him make, I was like, oh, wow, you know, that's, a, that's an NFL pro throw. So if he could do that on a game stage and he can show that he's better than Tyrod Taylor, which Tyrod has only, has only been supplanted once before by a rookie quarterback, you know, it, it could very easily happen again. And and then it really comes down to, you know, what this Chargers offense is going to look like with Justin Herbert. So, yep. 
Not, yep. not a bold, not that, not that bold of a take though. I can get I could see it happening. I could definitely yeah. see it happening. Yeah. All right. So this is, this is my time to shine. Now this one, now this one's bold. This one's bold. I was going to say this to the end, but I think I'm going to put it out now just so I can get my Cowboys bias out of the way. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is the only Cowboys one that I have. Dak Prescott will finish as the number one quarterback and Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup will all be 1,000-yard receivers. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a We're going to go with no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a hard pass on that. You think he's going to finish ahead of Patrick Mahomes. And Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson. We're here to be bold. Lamar Jackson gives you RB1 numbers along with QB1 numbers in the same player. And Mm -hmm. you're predicting 3,000-yard receivers on the same team. On a team Uh that has Ezekiel Elliott, who they're paying him – what is he? Zeke's the highest paid back in the league, right? Yeah, $16 So they're paying Ezekiel Elliott to run a pass first off? No, they're not. I believe – I I, I think – 3,000-yard receivers. Come on. Yes. Oh, come on, man. You got to take, take off the pom-poms already. You have, yes. that, Listen, is, that is brutal. You had me at Dak finishing as the first, as number, for, as number one overall quarterback, because that's a believable thing he that could happen. He lost me there. But 3,000-yard I'm, conf- I'm just confused why Dak can't finish as number one quarterback. Because and, Patrick Mahomes is way better than Dak Prescott. That's why. <laughs> okay, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Dak way, Prescott. No, way sure. better than Dak Prescott. Like, he is. Insanely better than Dak Prescott. Okay, yeah. But Patrick Mahomes is, is insanely better than everybody else. I understand, I understand that. But at the end of the day, they also have a young stud running back that they're going to want to get the ball to. Dallas does game. too. I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, you're looking at Mike McCarthy, who's a quarterback guy. He's not Dak the, finished he's not with 4,900 yards last year. Where do Running we think the same 49? offense as last year. Yes, which is why I'm saying – That didn't you, have – did they even have 2,000-yard receivers? Uh, yeah, it was Mark Cooper and Gallup. Gallup had 1,000 last year? Gallup was 1,000 yards. Well, yeah. I mean, because Cooper just disappeared on the road every, every other week. Against, against elite shutdown corners, yeah. But Cooper, we all know that Amari Cooper. They're paying him a good amount of money. He shouldn't be disappearing like that. We all know that Amari Cooper has the games where he pops off. I mean, this is a guy who took. This is a guy that took Jair Alexander to school on what it means to be a a top tier corner in the National Football League. Jair Alexander looked lost. It was a shame that the Cowboys' defense just looked like complete garbage and let Aaron Jones walk all over them. But at the end of the day, Amari Cooper had two hundred plus yards. Against Jair Alexander, who's everyone's favorite up and coming quarterback at Cowboys Stadium, right? At at Stadium, yeah, it was at Cowboys Stadium. Five week, five week six. Okay, that at Cowboys Stadium. Yeah. Okay, he can he can go to the Meadowlands and he can have a nice game against the Giants. I mean, we oh no, he did go. He he went he went to the Meadowlands against the Jets and he he was hurt and by when the second quarter. Second quarter, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that was another game that the, the Cowboys lost. That, that the Cowboys game, went eight and eight the last game that year. You denied what? its existence. Whenever I bring it up, yep. I don't know. I don't know what that game is. But exactly. At the, end, at the end of the day, I mean, this is an offense that can break records, and that's why I think people just don't realize. No, I I'm one of those people. <laughs> See, you you're just not a cowboy guy. I'm not. A, I am a cowboy guy. I think they're going to win the division. Oh, okay. That 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 says a lot. Who, look what do you mean that says a lot? They went eight and eight last year. Okay. 
The Eagles are going to pose a challenge to the Cowboys. The Cowboys should walk away the with Eagles, it. The it, Eagles will win at least one game against the Cowboys this year, yes. Oh, yeah, probably. Just, in Philadelphia, the those division games work. Yeah, but shattering offensive records, I'm sorry. I'm not thinking of that. They absolutely could with the talent they have. On paper, on paper, that's the most talented offense in football. What are you going to do this year if they don't make the playoffs? Like what? Like what are you gonna think? Like you're a thousand percent in that they're making the playoffs this year. Like there's not a doubt in your mind. Like this. Like of what about when they had Tony Romo? In my mind. They did the this. Dallas you, they do this every year when they had Romo. They had Dez. They had uh, the other guy, Miles Austin. They who's the other receiver they had that they uh, loved? Uh, Patrick Creighton. No. Roy I mean, Williams. Cole Beasley. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like Dez, Miles Austin, their running backs, DeMarco Murray, Jason Witten, that's that's probably what I was thinking of. Oh, Jay Witt. So, yep. yeah, man. Like, they, I've seen this before with the Cowboys. They didn't shatter records. I th- don't say Zach is more talented than Tony Romo. Dak is not more talented than Tony Romo. Okay, then. So, no. I, I think you're, uh, you know, a little, a little blinded here. But don't worry. I think the Cowboys are going to win the division. I think Dak's going to be a top-five quarterback. So, there you go there. Number one over Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, absolutely not. I think Cooper will give you that safe floor. Um, CD will definitely outperform his ADP. What's he going in, like, the ninth round right now? I got him in one league. I got him in the 12th. I like, I like CD Lamb more than Michael Gallup because CD Lamb is, frankly, better. See, I disagree. So. I like Gallup more than I like Lamb. Yeah, all right, we'll disagree there. But maybe it's because he is a rookie. They didn't have much of an offseason to get on the same. That's also got to be taken into account there with 3,000-yard receivers. Like, sure. they didn't have a single – Sure, that's, that's, that's a valid argument. in the spring. So, yeah, yeah I, I like the Cowboys' offense, but not not like that. Hey, I told you it would be, be bold. That's like – that's. Uh, I thought I was saying something really bold. Hey. Wow. Hey, all I know is if it happens, both of you, I'd. Oh, I'll I'll be here. I'll I'll be here. There's because that's not happening. Like, it's... yeah, me too. I, I can't wait to hear. Shocked. I can't wait to hear a Jets bolt prediction from one of you. I can't wait. I don't have none. They're gonna be trash this year. Yeah, they're gonna be. Uh, they're not gonna be good this year. Adam, Adam will have one. Adam, I don't. Will, will, will dig one out. I promise, I don't. Well, maybe, Adam, get, you'll, maybe really you'll, you'll, you'll have to you'll have to tune in for the Jets Way podcast or uh, anything Jets. I can't talk about them on two shows. Come on, man. <laughs> It's too much pain is what it is. I don't deserve that. I don't, I don't deserve that. It's like going to therapy. Record tomorrow, by the way. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you my record then. All right, Jake. Uh, go ahead. You're uh, your second one. All right. Staying on theme with running backs. I promise I, this is my last one for running backs. Okay. The most rostered player on championship teams in the year of 2020-2021 will be J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. That yeah, the most rostered player on champion. On he is going teams. to be. He's going to win people leagues. You heard it here first. Yeah, that is a that is a bold take. I think he's a league winner. I really do. I think he Ingram will get phased out. He'll have a role, but J.K. Dobbins is way better than Mark Ingram. See, this like, you, you way had me better. You had me until you said Ingram gets phased out. He gets phased out eventually. I really do. I think he's old. I think he's. I think he's due for new. Well, he's, he's under. They probably caught him with no penalty after this year. He's after 30, this year, yeah. How many thirty-year-old running backs? And he has a lot of miles on the tires. And also, does Ingram has not been the most durable player. I know he was fully healthy last year. 
for 16 games. No, he had games, a calf injury the second half of the year that he was carrying. Exactly. Yeah. So, But yeah. with the Saints, he always seemed to be bruised up a little bit. I don't think they want to give him – I think Dobbins has a role early, to be completely honest with you. I don't think Justice Hill or Gus Edwards sniffed the field. I think, just, I think Gus Edwards is going to be a healthy and active on Sunday because Justice Hill is their kick returner. So, I think it's going to be the J.K. Dobbins show midseason. I really do. So, are you afraid that Dobbins is the fourth running back on the depth chart? Is that where are you? Not afraid because those depth charts mean absolutely nothing right now. And John Harbaugh came out and said that's from the PR staff, not the coaching staff. He already said that Dobbins will have a significant role. And that's without Ingram playing ineffectively or getting hurt. Like, the tea leaves are all there, boys. I'm telling you. Now people are starting to catch on and they're drafting him in the sixth round. That's a little too high for me. But if in the seventh, eighth round, I could have a league winner. As the, if I could have the starting running back of the Baltimore Ravens potentially at some point this season, yeah, I'm in. See, I have J.K. Dobbins in two leagues, so I really hope you're right about that. He's going um, to be a stud, like absolute beast. My whole thing is I just don't see Dobbins taking over and being the full-time guy this year. Well, they I, run I, I mean, so much, so so I can agree no, with they, that. They how run many, a lot. How many running? How many? Like, say, how many touches do you think he gets after week seven this year? After week seven, he gets fifteen plus touches. I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say he probably gets around thirteen touches. I, I see. We disagree there, man. I really think he's gonna get his feet wet for the first couple of weeks. They'll sprinkle him in there a little bit. Once, once they realize, hey, this guy is wait. He's such a great fit for that offense. It's not oh, even he funny. He fits it he like is. a glove. Mark Ingram does not fit that offense that great. And he put up what kind of number? What, what running back did Ingram finish last year? Had to be top ten. He was top ten. Yeah, I believe he was RB eight. Oh, I'm telling you guys, for a guy that you're drafting to be your RB four potentially, wow. No, he's, I'm in. He's, He's a great stash, no doubt about it. But I, I think he's going to be rostered in a lot of leagues, and I think he's going to win a lot of people leagues. You heard it here me, first. For me, the only the only thing is it for me. It's holding me back because obviously Ohio State guy, OHIO. I love JK, but at the end of the day, I just don't see Dobbins being more than like, even if he takes over for Ingram. I don't see him being a guy that leads a committee by more than a 60-40 split. I, I just don't. But even even then, a 60-40 split could be okay. Yeah, I think I really – I'm telling you guys, it's going to get scary. I mean, there's a I line. Mean, I, ho- I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah. I have Dobbins yeah. in two places, so I really hope you're right I have, about that. I have Mark Ingram. I traded for Dobbins and Ingram in one place. I don't have him anywhere else, but I made a trade to get – I traded Raheem Mostert, who I didn't like. That would have been my guy if I didn't trade him because I don't like Raheem Mostert. I traded Raheem Mostert, and I traded a receiver I really didn't like. I made a couple Marvin of Marvin Jones? Nope. I got to look. You know, Bird, actually, if you can hear it, can you hear that? It's the uh, sound of all of our listeners checking their fantasy waiver wires for J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> oh, he better not be on a waiver. He, if he's on a waiver wire, I want in on these leagues. Me too. Oh, he well, he. I just I checked if he was available in our league, and he's not. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. No, he was drafted. He was drafted pretty. I think we say he was drafted in the the middle I, of the seventh or the eighth. Yeah, I got. I, I traded. I traded. I traded Devontae Parker. 
who I'm not a fan of. I like Preston Williams. See, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Preston Williams guy as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a Devontae Parker guy. Now, most of yeah. Parker for the starting running back of the Ravens, potentially, I'm in. And I have a lot of depth at receiver, had not a lot of depth at running back. If Mostert was potentially my RB2, uh, so. Yeah, that's you know. fine. Telling you yeah. guys, get on the wave. I hope you're right. Get on the wave. All righty, Adam. See okay. what you got. So, Zach Ertz will finish as the season's number eight tight end. Woo! All right, let me ask, let me ask you one question. Wow. Yes. Give me the reason why I'm going to give you two, two potential reasons. So is it injuries or is it because Dallas Goddard is that good? Um, I think it's, ooh, I think it's probably Dallas Goddard. Cause you know, I put a, when I made this, actually it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both bird. What are you looking at me like that for? Uh, yeah. Fin, fin, finish your reasoning. Finish your reasoning. I, I have a follow up. Okay. Um, I think that, well, you know, Dallas Gardner and Zach Ertz is the number one, number two, uh, in the Eagles offense. Zach Ertz does have a bit of an injury history. Um, I think just based on the fact that, uh, Dallas Goddard could command more of the, uh, of the target share in Philadelphia's offense, but also, I mean, you, another thing that I was going to bring up was if you look at the tight ends below him in the fantasy pro rankings that I checked before we went on air, you see Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higbee, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, and Austin Hooper. You can definitely see a bunch of the, a couple of those guys leapfrogging Zach Ertz. I can't really see it, to be honest with you. Because that's Wentz's boy. I, I'm aware. That's Wentz's go-to. And by I the way, you mentioned a, the e- Yeah, go ahead, Bird. I think there's a better chance of hell freezing over than Zach Ertz finishing outside the top five. P- pending he's healthy. But let me get back to my follow-up question. Yes. This is the question I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. I'll get to the Austin Hooper thing in a second because he was a bust of mine. I'm not an Austin Hooper guy. If you have Zach Ertz finishing eight, and you're saying it is due, it is in large part due to Dallas Goddard. Where the hell do you have Dallas Goddard finishing? <laughs> yeah, Dallas Goddard. Because they I would have, have to be relatively close. He would have to be a top fifteen there, minimum. at least. Yeah, border. I would say like nine mm-hmm. or ten. I would I, say at least top twelve. Yeah, and I got something to add too about the Eagles. Well, if you're offense. looking at like looking at the rankings I was looking at, he's already he's sixteen. He's the number sixteen tight end. Yeah, that's so, not my question. Where do you have him no, finishing? I think he he finishes a top fifteen tight end, like a, like a, the eleven tight end. So they basically have okay. I don't know if that's enough to make if in a sixteen game season. I don't know if that's enough to make Ertz fall outside the top five though. I agree. I think it would require either Miles Sanders just going fucking ballistic in terms of him being a 1200 yard plus I hope you don't take my point or 500 yard receiving back at least for him to be like that guy where you're saying Zach Ertz finishes out the outside the top five I won't talk anymore Jake you're chomping at the bit go I am because yes Adam you stole one of mine almost I think Deshaun Jackson's going to be their leading receiver this year if he plays 16 games. I think if he plays 16 games, because that's a very big if when you're talking about Deshaun. Guys, look at that receiver depth chart. 
who the hell are they throwing passes to outside of him? Rieger is hurt already. Greg Ward. Greg Ward. Okay, there's my point. But what Alshon Jeffrey? Just, he's hurt too, isn't he? Yeah. He yeah, is Alshon hurt. Jeffrey's hurt. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Nope. Out. But Deshaun Jackson, the one game he played with Carson Wentz, was eight catches for 150 yards, two touchdowns. Apparently, he looks healthy. He's fast as ever. Desha- Carson Wentz loves his deep ball. D-Jax had to be back. I think he's got a lot to prove. I'm telling you, Deshaun Jackson, where he's going in drafts is so comical. I have Deshaun Jackson in every single league that I'm in. Like, comical. After Deshaun Jackson in, like, the 11th or 12th round? Are you kidding me? Well, clearly those people aren't as high. This guy is going to be – this guy is going to be a uh, high-end flex play. I really think so. I think he's going to be their leading receiver. Outside, I think it's I mean, entirely maybe, possible. I can give you Ertz, but outside of Ertz, it's Deshaun Jackson. And Carson, the one time they played together, they looked pretty damn good. They, I even see, you even read the reports from training camp. Ertz, uh, not Ertz. Carson Wentz even says, me and D-Jack have that chemistry. Because he knows, when in doubt, just, oh, well, D-Jack, he's probably blown past somebody. Yeah, and this week one matchup is pretty good. Going against, yeah, I'm starting uh, in week Washington, one. Uh, the Washington football team. Yeah. It's, guys... I'm I'm going up against Deshaun Jackson in two places. I'm not I'm not particularly thrilled about it. That Wentz Jackson stack is not terrible. It's very sneaky, I think. It's sneaky, yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, it it almost are you really willing to die on the hill that Deshaun Jackson is going to be a productive fantasy receiver? Yes, if he plays, he will be. If he if he plays. That, that's, yeah, you're not drafting that's him the to biggest. be your wide receiver two or starting flex option. You're, you're drafting him as a lottery ticket at that point in the draft. And yeah. I think if that was part of Adam's take of Zach Ertz falling to number eight, I don't think that's going to be the case. But that would have to happen. If I mean, who else is catching pass? Not every pass is going to Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. It would have to be because Deshaun Jackson is healthy and playing like Deshaun Jackson. Adam, yep. am I correct? Yes, you are correct. I mean, it can't, like, really. It, it's, it has to be, we have to have, like, a resurgence of Deshaun Jackson and a breakout from Miles Sanders, or a second breakout from Miles Sanders for my take to be correct. But that's why they're bold. Yeah. That's <laughs> that why they are bold. Bird. Bird, here we go with yours, I bet. It's going to yep. be another Yeah, this is, this, is, this is a pretty simple one. This is pretty straightforward. Uh, Zach Moss will finish the season higher in points than Devin Singletary. I can get behind that. I hate Singletary this year. Me too. Yeah, I think it's pretty It's pretty simple. Uh, Zach Moss has looked like the better running back in Buffalo. Uh, I, get by, I can get behind all the reports that are coming out of there saying that Moss is going to be at the very least in a 60-40 split with Singletary leading the way to start. But then at the end of the day, if it comes down to Zach Moss just simply outperforming Devin Singletary, then Zach Moss can be the guy. And – I could have gone as far as to say, to say that Zach Moss would be a high-end RB2 to finish the season, but I thought that would maybe be a little bold, but I, I can definitely see that potentially happening. So my, my bold prediction, this one is a little bit more mild. Uh, Zach Moss finishes higher than uh, Devin Singletary. doesn't matter format. It's standard PPR. doesn't matter. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. I can, get, I can get behind it. All right. This is kind of a two-part one. Okay. I'm ready. All right. I think I, I can curse on this show, right? 
Yeah, yes. absolutely. There's no you, censors. You, you can fucking curse. Go I told on. I told this to my league. I think a big fuck you sandwich is coming to the Green Bay Packers front office this year. I think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams leads the league in targets. And I think Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to get too bold and say top five. That's some elite company. I think he finishes as top eight quarterback this year. I don't think that's too much to ask for, but I think Devontae Adams leads the NFL in targets. And I think he finishes as the fantasy number one wide receiver this year over Michael I like Thomas. It. Yeah, I, like, I, I like think it. I think Aaron Rodgers is angry, and I think he's going to say, you know what, Matt LaFleur, done doing what you say. It's my time now. You guys want to draft Jordan Love and have him suck in practice? It's – yeah, I'm the captain now. Let's let's go. After he spent the entirety of last segment or two segments ago talking shit about the Green Bay Packers for extending Aaron Jones after drafting A.J. Dillon. <laughs> I did that? Or, no, no, Bird no. obviously did that. We did that. Bird and I did oh, that. Oh, you guys did that. Both you guys did that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think that has much to do with Aaron Rodgers, but here's my no. thing. No. I, I think he's going to – I really think he's going to kill it this year, man. I really do. I don't think Aaron Jones is that great. I'm with you guys there. Yeah, I think see, this is going to be Aaron Rodgers' comeback season. See, so the whole late. point of that of that um, that discussion, Jake, was basically we were saying, you know, why draft a running back in the second round if you're just going to go down and tie up Aaron Jones long-term? It makes you. absolutely no sense. No sense. Yeah. When they needed receivers for Aaron Rodgers, they draft a quarterback – who they yeah. have, and a running back they, they have. I think Rodgers is like, yep, I hear you guys. Devontae, we're going to play a lot of pitch and catch this year. Let's go. Yep, I agree with you. I think the only thing that really stops Devontae from being in the number one discussion is health. Because we saw how he was after he came back from injury last year. Oh, he, he was the Devontae stunned. Adams of old. Yep. Adam, do you agree there? I agree, definitely. I like it. He, he's a six-catch, 75-yard touchdown guy every single week he's getting you one or the other and pending his health you know how i am with Devonte adams i'm i'm smitten on that boy i love him that's my son that's a stack i want yeah i'm drafting and, a team soon yeah and it it's it's a hell of a stack to have i i, I would be okay with it these assholes won't trade me Aaron Rodgers, but it is what it is yeah. i have aaron Rodgers. i love it i have aaron Rodgers and matt ryan on my team I'm i have talk about a couple I have Aaron Rodgers in a couple places too. So you sure I'm, I'm not starting him week one. I can't. I have to start him week one because I can't start Sam Darnold versus the Bills in my in Dynasty. No, no, you. And no, then you I would have to look at the waivers. I was thinking about maybe picking up. That's uh, a whole other show. Whatever. <laughs> I, yes, I, I'm starting. I'm starting Big Ben against the uh, the Giants in two places where I have Rodgers. I have the Big Ben Rodgers duo. His schedule in the beginning of the year is very favorable after we yes. won. I might yes. add. Yes, Bird, it is. So can we retroactively put in Superflex into our fantasy league so I can start Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan? Uh, I'm sorry. I cannot fulfill your request. Okay. Adam, you got another one for us? Yes. <laughs> this is my third, third of four. Number three. Uh, Mike Evans will finish outside the top 15. In one I, I, I'm with that. I, I, I don't. I don't know if I agree with Adam here, but I can get behind him here. Adam, let's let's hear what you got to say, and I'll back you up here. All right. So you, according to the uh, fantasy pros uh, rankings that, were, that I've been uh, basing a lot of this off of, uh, Mike Evans is ranked 11th in uh, in PPR here, 
And if you see the receivers around him, you see Juju, Adam Thielen, Odo Beckham, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, and Calvin Ridley. You got to say that a lot of those receivers are going, I mean, a good portion of those receivers could be finishing ahead of, my, of Mike Evans. And really, it looks like Chris Goblin's going to be the number one in Tampa Bay with, uh, with Tom Brady. And I just think that uh, Mike Evans is really useful as a red zone target in, in years past, as a deep threat in years past. And Tom Brady's looking in other, in other directions for, for red zone targets, and he doesn't really throw the deep ball as much. So I think that Mike Evans, even though he's a consistent 1,000-yard receiver, but I just, I just don't think he's going to be as good as people think he is. All right, Adam. I'm going to back up that point with you. Bird? Bird? Now, I, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say to you guys that I spent all offseason obsessing over the Bucks' offense, and I don't have any of them besides this guy I'm about to talk about. Adam, I like what you were saying about the red zone. That was a very, very good point. Where's Tom Brady's eyes going to as soon as he gets in the red zone this year? I don't know. The guy that he was throwing to is uh, the last 10 years, Rob Gronkowski, the best tight end ever. Uh, apparently, Debatable. Gronk looks like Gronk of old from what I'm hearing. Oh, no. he's Come on, man. Gronk's <laughs> got to be the best ever. It's either, it's either him or, or Tony Gonzalez. I think it's no, Tony it's, Gonzalez. It's Gronk. What are you, it's crazy? A, it's, it's, a, it's a 1A, it's 1B. I, can, I, I would Gronk. say Gronk, but it, it's it, Gronk. Gronk Tony Gonzalez, I, I can't discount for literally terrorized teams for a decade, Gronk. But anyway, that, that's, that's, you know, different that's podcast. the point. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have some breaking news on the podcast. Did you, Donald Gamano? Nope. Gase get fired? Uh, Von Miller may be out for the season with an ankle oh, injury. that's terrible. That Drew Lock wish- hype train. I wish he was out He's having an MRI fired. to confirm the extent of the injury. Never bought into the Broncos this year. But anyway, yeah, that sucks. But, Adam, back to what I was saying. Gronk will be the guy in the red zone. Chris Godwin between the 20s. Evans, you're right, Adam. Tom Brady does not throw a very good deep ball anymore these days. He doesn't. And I think Evans is kind of – I don't think – I think Evans is ceiling – is high, but his floor is very scary. If that makes sense, I think he's going to be very boomer bust this year, and it'll be inc- it'll be very streaky as well, which he has always been. So, yeah, I can get behind that one, Adam. There's a lot of good receivers this year. Yes, Bird. All right, let me bring some common sense back into this podcast. No, I, he's there. Come on, Mike Evans has had a thousand yards every year of his career. That's going to happen again. I would put my life on it. The only thing that I will is in top fifteen, though. No, no, no. I'm not done. I'm not done. The only thing that I will agree with, based on the points that I've heard, is that it'll be hot or cold every week. I I agree with that. That it won't be Godwin and Evans both having games. It'll be one or the other. But I just think at the end of the day, Mike Evans, talent wise, you could make a case as one of the most talented receivers in football, just for what he's able to do. I think that we're going out here and we're saying that Mike Evans, when he's one of the most talented receivers in the game is going to be outside the top 15 is ludicrous because at the end of the day, situation is one thing. And yeah, there are a lot of mouths that have to be fed in Tampa. I understand that. 
But at the end of the day, the fantasy philosophy that I've always subscribed to is talent wins out. Always. And Mike Evans, if he's healthy, you know you're getting some humongous games from him, which at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, we saw Amari Cooper put up a zero against the Patriots, but still was a top 10 receiver because of two monster games that he had over 200 yards, over three touchdowns. It's the same thing with Mike Evans. Mike Evans can have two unreal games where he pops off and then he could have nothing and he'll still finish as a high as a high-end wide receiver too, if anything else. I think that's his floor, honestly. And I could see a situation where you're talking about him and Godwin being neck and neck right next to each other. I think it's entirely possible. So I, I can't get on the, the uh, not know. outside the top. You're, you're sleeping on Gronkowski, man. He's going to have a big role in that offense. I might be. I, I, I might think you be. are. Gronk looks good. He took, the, he took that arm brace off that slowed him down the last couple of years in New England. And even in Gronk's last year in New England, where it was definitely the worst year of his career, was a top 10 tight end in fantasy. And who had the two biggest catches and the two biggest games for the Patriots that year? In the AFC title game, game on the line, fourth down, Gronk. Super Bowl, biggest third down of the day, set him up on the one in, on Brady's worst day of the year, Gronk. Don't sleep. That's the most dynamic duo of our generation. Quarterback to pass catchers, Brady to Gronk. Is I telling you, who who does he have the best chemistry with on that whole roster? As of right yeah. now, Gronk. As of right now, yeah. In a season where in the weirdest offseason, when things get tough, where's his eyes looking? Gronk. But I don't I think yeah. Evans is a top fifteen I think I can get behind Adam's point though. I can. I, can I see it happening? Yes. I appreciate Do it. Do I realistically Jake. see it happening? No. You this is this is weird, considering you stole all of Jake's points on the quiz votational that you two are uh, a little smitten with each other right now. I don't like it. We no, just agree I, on one thing. Don't even don't try no, and you've agreed. No, no, no. You've the agreed Earth's on one, multiple things. The Earth's one. I, I this no okay, coming at my much. coming at my neck for uh, no. That was that was I don't know what that was. The Cowboys won. Like I've heard that. I Don't knew he even... was going to do something like that, too. I knew it. I knew it. You did it last it. time we did hot takes, Bird. I, I really thought you were just going to end with Dak being the number one quarterback, but you, you outdid yourself somehow. Hide, all I could say. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I, listen, you should be hiding for Baker last year. I haven't cashed in on that yet. Uh, you loved Baker. I did. I well, did. you know, Jake, Love I might be Baker. in the market for a new co-host. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I mean, if, uh, if certain no, things saying. happen in certain drafts tonight where uh, one draft I'm hearing Clyde Edwards-Alaire could be going in, in fifth overall, yeah, you might need a new co-host. I'm holding interviews <laughs> next week. Oh, well. I thought eighth was risky. This is yeah. all right. top five. All right, I, so I, I, have third. Yes. I have one. James Conner will have 1,500 all-purpose yards and finish as a top seven running back. Oh, man, do I hope that's correct. <laughs> that, I hope that's right. I kind of if he really, plays I, 16 games, put that behind. I, I don't know if he yes. plays 16 games because with yeah. them, it's, I, I agree with you. If he plays a full 16 games, yes, I'm, I'm behind that. See, I can, I can give you the reasoning as well. And it comes down to one thing. Here? The boy's playing for his cash. Yeah. The boy is playing for his dollars. As good as reason. And I, t- I tell you what, I say it all the time on this podcast. 
I say it all the time off of this podcast. When guys are playing for their first real contract, when they're playing for that real first dollar, things happen. I like that pick. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. He could be utter dog shit after this year. We don't know that. He could be. But this year, when he's playing for his cash, tail as old as time. Men. Top seven. I, and I will, I will say he finishes higher than Nick Chubb. I will say he finishes higher than Joe Mixon. I will say he finishes higher than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I say he finishes higher than Miles Sanders. I'm surprised you would go against Joe Mixon Drake like too. Well, Kenyon Drake, yeah, that's, that's accepted. I'm, I'm, not a Kenyon Drake. I'm not a Kenyon Drake guy. Kenyon Drake is like Bitcoin to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fad that sort of comes and goes. That's – wow. Every year really is he shows up for a couple of weeks he gets people bought in and then he just we all fell for Kenyon drake at least boom. once it sounds like marlon Mack. oh we all did we all did i mean i picked him up the second he was traded to the uh, to the cardinals and then i i just sat him i sat him on my bench and watched him just torch the 49ers on thursday night football as i was sitting there i'm a fucking idiot i didn't start Kenyon drake yeah yeah all right jake Piece what's your last take Piece my last shit. my last take isn't necessarily bold, but I think Brandon Cooks outscores Will Fuller this year. I that don't. that is not bold. That's not bold. I don't know if that's bold because Fuller's getting drafted ahead of of uh, Brandon Cooks. In well, you know what draft. else Fuller is getting? He's getting injured this year. That's well. Well, Cooks is always hurt too, but that's true. Cooks is so underrated, man. He's so under. He's at over a thousand yards in how many straight years, other than last year? And he's been on how many different teams? I think Brandon Cooks is a very, very sneaky good draft pick in like the where's he going? In like the seventh round, and fantasy drafts with Deshaun Watson drawing passes, and they traded a second round pick for him. I, is is top twenty outrageous to say about Brandon Cooks? Or I would say top twenty four is not outrageous. Um, I think Will Fuller, but Will Fuller getting drafted before him, I think is just ridiculous. Will Fuller is really is. I don't like him. Jake, you're welcome to this podcast anytime. Thank you. It's a good way to end. Not I am a big. Uh, yeah. I'm a big Brandon Cooks guy. I'm a yeah. big Brandon Cooks guy because, see, I don't think it's that Brandon Cooks is underrated. I think it's more to what Adam just said that Will Fuller is so disgustingly overrated. I can't stand it. Let me ask you guys, Stefan Diggs or, or Will Fuller? Diggs, easy. Diggs, definitely. Okay, because I, I got offered an interesting trade, and, and it involved, like, two guys like that. I got offered Aaron Rodgers and Brandon Cooks for Carson Wentz and Stefan Diggs. I, I said no. Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller? Brandon Cooks. Ooh. Cooks and Rodgers for D- uh, Diggs and Carson Wentz. But Ooh, I said no. You, were you getting – I was, I was on getting? the Cooks. I was on the Cooks and Rodgers side. You're Ooh. getting Cooks and Rodgers, and you're trading Diggs and Wentz. I kind of, I would have taken that, actually. I have Devontae See, Adams as my number one receiver, too. Who's See, your quarterback? My quarterback is Carson Wentz. Oh, well then... This is, this is the Dynasty League where you have Donald, correct? No, this is not the Dynasty League. This is a redraft. In the oh, Dynasty League, I have Rodgers, too. Oh, okay. <sighs> wow. See, that's, that, that's, that's really close for me because I have – in my rankings, I have Diggs and Cooks 
back to back. But I have Rogers four spots higher. I'm sorry than to Wentz. get off topic like that. But no, 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 no. This share. is good. We're, we're on the subject. Wouldn't be the first. No, subject. this is good. I think I would have said yes. All right. You know what? Maybe I'll text him. I'll... I think I would have taken that. We'll I see. think I would have taken that. Text him now yeah. before he changes his mind. <laughs> yeah, or before he makes a trade of his own. That but, too. See, I, I like that. I like that bold take a little bit. Cooks higher than Fuller. Yeah, I like that. Yep. All right. So because mine, fuck Will Fuller. This is an yes. anti-Will Fuller podcast. It's true. You know, it's funny. My, my take is actually Texans related also. Ooh. Okay. It's a bit – it's bolder, definitely. Okay. I think that Deshaun, I'm <laughs> Deshaun Watson finished outside the top ten. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I love Bird doing that. Has left the building. Adam, uh, Adam, yes. Adam, 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 yes. Adam. I thought you were going to head in a different direction there. Really? I, I, I thought so. You thought I was going to be better? I thought, I thought you were going to, no, no, no. How, so, how do you like Brady Cooks? And you think that. I like him better than Will Fuller. But, Adam, Deshaun Watson, like... He's at the 30th hardest schedule for quarterbacks. That does, He's just so talented, though. He is very, he's very talented. Inconsistent fantasy-wise, I'll give you that, but this is the same guy that... What's the stat? He hasn't lost by more than a touchdown since high school or something outrageous. Since That's crazy. <laughs> and he's got, he gives you the rushing touchdowns. The rushing ability, the big play. Oh no, Adam, that's that's a little that's a little much for me. Outside the top five, I would have been like, you know what, Adam, I can agree. I was but, thinking that, but I wanted to get a reaction out of Bird, and I think I okay. Did. Yeah, top ten is not no, no. I thought you were gonna say something about David Johnson. Oh, because I hate him. He's screwed me many many times in fantasy football. I don't like David Johnson either. Bird. Do we even want your reaction to this, or what are we doing here? I think I succeeded in what I planned on doing. I think you did too, because he hasn't said anything. Yeah. I mean, if He's, I want to make I it more reasonable, to, I have nothing to say. I'll, I could say that he'll probably finish just like the seventh. Uh, no, 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 no. But I still, but no. I have met, I have met QB four right now. I'm a little higher on him than most, I think, but I have met QB five. You have Kyler ahead of him? I have Kyler ahead of him. I have Dak ahead of him. That's where most people... Oh, should have figured that. Uh, yeah, Dak's back QB3. No, I, I have met QB4. I'm a little higher than him. I'm, I'm a little higher on him than most, but um, I think his floor is QB7 and his ceiling is QB4. I think that's fair. But outside the top 10, my goodness, is that just... Oh, my God. There's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast that drafted Deshaun Watson in the fifth round that are just going to find the nearest bridge if that happens. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I, I might. And I don't have Deshaun Watson anywhere, and I just might. It's oh true. Oh, my God. What's yours? Like, that's uh, – is it, is it going to top – that That tops the Cowboys no, take. No, no. I don't know no. if it tops the Cowboys take, but no, that's there, – Yeah, there's nothing, mine. there's nothing that tops that. Um, Let's see. I have two that I can go with. You gotta end it with a bang because I gave four. I'm pretty sure, I right? Have to end. I have to. Yeah, this is the last one. I yeah, you to need to end, end I, it with something. Yeah, I mean, listen, your first one should have been saved for last, but probably that's besides the point. 
It would have been better coming after what I said. (laughs) God, Adam, that was, that was something. Um, let's see. I have a, I have a couple that I'm just sort of going back and forth on in my head. Um, okay. Yeah, I have one. It's not super bold, but it's, I think it's one that most can get behind. Uh, in PPR, DK Metcalf will finish as a top ten receiver. That I've seen that one everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can see that. It's mo- it's 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 yeah. moderately bold. Moderately right. bold. I can give I can give you. Let's one. hear something better. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you one that's better. I'll give it I'll give you one that is everybody's flavor of the month. Oh, is this Kenya Drake? It's Clyde nope. Edwards-Helaire. Nope. Antonio Gibson will not be startable at any point in the season. I am behind that. I thought you liked think, Antonio I think, Gibson. I think Bryce Love is very slept on right now. because I think Bryce Love is better than Antonio Gibson, but I thought, Bird, that you liked him. He's I healthy. do like Antonio Gibson. However, it's more about that I just do not believe. It's the same thing with the Jacksonville running backs, how I feel about – Odzigbo, James Robinson, Raquel Armstead, Chris Thompson. It's the same thing with them, how I feel about the Washington guys. And the in, Lions backfield. And the Lions backfield, even. Forget yeah. about it. I just don't see how certain weeks you're going to feel comfortable with starting Antonio Gibson knowing he's on a team that is going to be as bad as Washington is. Because at the, at the end of the day, I am drafting to win a championship this year. If you're in a dynasty league or in a keeper league, different story. I understand. But if you're drafting Antonio Gibson in the sixth round, Bryce. and it's a redraft league, I just don't see how Antonio Gibson is going to be winning you a championship, how he's going to be a piece that wins you a title this year. I JK, don't see it. J.K. Dobbins or Antonio Gibson? J.K. Dobbins, easily. Mm-hmm. Easily not close. I and agree. that's J.K. Dobbins being the number two versus Antonio Gibson being a 1B-ish sort of running back right now. Whether it's going to be J.D. McKissick, who's the number one running back on the depth chart right now, which I don't fucking believe. Uh, whether it's Peyton Barber, whether it's Bryce Love. I just want no part in any of them. He kind of reminds me in a way, in a very weird way, but I know they don't play the same position, but he kind of reminds me of what Curtis Samuel was last year, where Curtis Samuel was good. He was good, but you never felt comfortable enough to start start him because you were always afraid that he was going to find a way to fuck you. Adam, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like one of those things where, like, I, well, we didn't actually do uh, a podcast in, for the 2019 season, but I feel like if we did, you would probably say, like, well, Curtis Samuel had a good week this week. But then in the preview, you're like, well, I don't know about starting Curtis Samuel this week. Like, that sort of thing. Just because there's so much trepidation there for him because of the team around him and everything else. I could tell you right now, that Curtis Samuel last year, this time last year, I had 
probably seven or eight shares of Curtis Samuel in various leagues. And it was just every fucking week where it was like, okay, I have Curtis Samuel. He's my fourth receiver. Could I start him this week? When I, especially when I had guys on buy. When never, I had guys on I a buy, yeah, I mean, it was – I think I maybe started him in the seven or eight leagues that I was in last year where I had Curtis Samuel. I probably started him a grand total of like three times. Let me ask you guys before we wrap up. I know I don't want to spend too much time, obviously. I know we're, uh, we're crunch on time here. Give me, give me a rankings of the top five rookie running backs this year in fantasy. Top five. Because I, I happen to like a lot of them. All right, let me pull up my, uh, my rookie ranks, and I will, I will give you a answer. All right. Just a rapid fire, you know what I'm saying? Rapid fire. All right, so you're looking, you're looking for uh, rookie running backs, correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, I will go – I will go five to one. So okay. I got five. I have Zach Moss. Four. I have J.K. Dobbins. Three, I have Antonio Gibson. Two, I have Jonathan Taylor. And one, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Wow, we are on different wavelengths. Really? I have the same thing yeah. as Bird. No, nah, I'm on a different wavelength than you. Let's hear it. Number one, I have Clyde. Okay. Number two, I have Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Number three, I have Cam Akers. I'm very high on Cam Akers this year. And I didn't draft him anywhere. I drafted him the rookie draft in Dynasty, but that's he's, besides the point. He's I my like him. He's my sixth. A lot. I have yeah, him I way have him just ahead outside of DeAndre my top Swift, five. and I have him way ahead of Antonio Gibson. I agree. Where's J.K. Dobbins? J.K. Dobbins is the next guy. Because J.K. Dobbins, the, the train's going to start moving like halfway through the year. You get what I'm saying? If, if J.K. Yeah. Dobbins played a full year, might be number one, but – Right. If, you, if he was the, the guy right away, then, yeah, you could make a case for J.K. Dobbins, given yeah. the offense that he's in, the kind of player that he is, then, yeah, he would be number one. But. And, and then I would go with Antonio Gibson. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I, – I will go on record and say that I am not crazy about the rookie running backs this year. I I'm am, not, man. I'm not, super, I'm not super crazy about them. Yeah, but, that's fair. I mean, it says a lot when I have Clyde as my number one, and I feel like I've done more – shit talking about Clyde Edwards Alaire on this podcast then I've said something good about anybody else. We've got it we're probably on some hit list somewhere from the Clyde Edwards Alaire fan club for, for the amount of shit that we've talked about Clyde Edwards Alaire on this podcast. I can tell you right I can tell you right now the the city of Kansas City does not like this podcast. No. <laughs> All right. Well anyway, this was fun, enjoyable. Thanks uh, for coming on Jake. It was great having you. Oh a lot of fun. And thanks to our listeners for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And you can also find, you know, the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast as well as the Basement Talk Podcast Quizvitational. And so our next show will be on Friday where we will be talking about what happened on Thursday night's uh, action between the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs and then previewing the rest of Sunday's games for the start of week one in the NFL. So for our guest, Jake Simone, my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basin Talk Podcast Fancy Show. Bye-bye.
Oh.